0: Uh, We are hitting chapter 6 right here. It hasn't been an easy book at all. All right? And if you're wondering, like, why? Well, it seems like 1 Timothy is a pretty simple book. Uh, And what I would just share with you is go back and read it, and not once, and not just out of a devotional or anything like that, but reading it over and over. See, that's what the Bible is calling us to do. It isn't a one time reading. It isn't one time that we go ahead and read that and it just kind of fixes everything or... And it's not there to just give us more information either. Uh, that, that, there's a really a fine line because we do need information. We have to have that. But information by itself doesn't really change anybody. Information alone... And sometimes it's really easy to absorb Christianity that way. Right? It's just to absorb it as, man, we have more information so we must be more righteous. Okay? And that doesn't equate. That's not the way Jesus taught at all. Okay? And so, uh, we've been getting into some things where uh, Paul has been teaching Timothy how to lead this church, our brothers and sisters in Ephesus. How do you lead them as a young man? How do you um, how do you set an example and train yourself to be godly? How do you handle false teaching? And how do you handle, you know, just uh, any number of things? How do you handle roles of men and women and How do you speak directly to issues that may be really tough to speak to in a current cultural climate? And so when we get to 1 Timothy 6 right here, this is exactly one of those things that's staring us right in the eyes here. And I think it's really, again, very simple for us to just kind of like scoot on through passages that we may either feel uncomfortable talking about. Passages, maybe we're just not sure what to talk about. Okay. And so, my goal today is for us to just let's take a hard look at these couple of verses Um, again, because um, it's fine to have our own like favorite verses that we want to share with the world. Okay. But when we're talking about making disciples, we're talking about how do we walk with each other through tough passages. How do we walk through these things? And when we read this, and I'll go ahead and read 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, all who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters are not to show less respect for them because they're brothers. Instead, they are to serve them even better, Because those who benefit from their service are believers and dear to them. These are the things you are to teach and urge on them. All right. There's something that we all share. We share as Americans. Okay. When we enter into passages, and you take 1 Peter chapter 2 or 1 Timothy 6, when we enter into passages that talk about slaves and masters, there's usually a couple things that can happen. Okay, is we can over academicize, okay? Can I use that word? I'll just make that up, okay? Um, Where the first thing that we want to do oftentimes is go, well, let me contrast the culture of what was happening then to our shared history. And, And that's fine, we need to get the original context. But there's something that's really important. That as a community, we have to come together with and go, as Americans, we share a history where this passage has been used to harm men, black men and women and children and our own brothers and sisters. Like this has been used for that purpose. And if we don't stop and understand, and if we just want to jump into, well, no, 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 I don't want to talk about that. I want to go, you know, I want to go back. I want to just talk about how it was. This makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. See, this is where politics has no room in the gospel. Politics has no answer for a family to have conversations about these things, okay? Politics has no answer for us. And in my fear, when politics kind of gets into areas of injustice... Areas of of pain and and emotional hurt, is what we end up doing is trying to take sides, and unfortunately, it's been very, I think over the past number of years especially, a little bit disconcerting among Christians in how we even enter a world of injustice. Okay? Of how we enter that world, and if we enter it politically, we want to take sides, and so you know, and, and there's these sides that we take, and it's Quite honestly, I'm just asking us to take a step back and, and examine yourself and how you've approached this before, okay? Because what Paul is speaking to Timothy about isn't saying that this idea of slavery and mastery is a right thing. He's entering into their their culture to teach about this, okay, but he's still talking about a level of injustice. And what we can honestly do is we can try to kind of talk away our shared history. I mean, I've heard Christians talk and say, well, you know, it's not those times anymore now. And it's not... Let me just make it very simple for us, okay? As a family, instead of trying to, like, buy oftentimes like we can do with sometimes uncomfortable situations, is to just own them and go, you know what, we do share that history. We, We do. Regardless of anything else, Black men, women, and children were abused, conquered, and treated as subhuman, all right? And and it's not okay for us to go, but that was so long ago. Man, in in justice, we share the consequences, the effects of that to this day. We, We share that, but we should share it collectively, all right? We should share that as something that's collective. So, yes, we can read into this, and we're going to, and we're going to draw some things out, but I think it's so important for us to, to realize, like, hey, before we just kind of, like, run past certain things, is taking a deep breath and going, let's look directly into this. And as a community of people, we, need to, we, we may need to stop periodically and go, but we have to talk about how we're entering as a society into this passage how do we enter into this All right. okay because I, I fear if we don't it's too easy to either be dismissive alright it's really easy to be dismissive well you know the, the common thing is well listen I didn't have slaves I didn't that wasn't something I did that wasn't something I partook in okay if you've been treated in any way in any form with injustice that doesn't do that's not an okay thing Okay? I'm just going, well, uh, listen, it's not me. But acknowledging this idea that we do still to this day, uh, there are consequences of this. And, And our brothers and sisters, our black brothers and sisters can read this and have an immense trigger that this has been used against family. Okay? And I think we just have to kind of be okay, kind of sitting in that discomfort at times if we're kind of if we're gonna love one another. I felt like over the past few years we've learned a lot about this. But one of the things it's one thing we want to be righteous like Jesus, but there's an emotional maturity we have to have that's required. Yeah. Yeah. the emotional maturity of just being able to go and sit in pain with people. All right, the emotional maturity to not rush through something. The emotional maturity not to talk something away right do, do other countries and places have their things that they have to absolutely but we're not them we're not them all right and to be a city on a hill Okay, particularly in Clemson, South Carolina particularly in the South I mean I grew up out in California obviously California is very different but here's the one thing that's the same of all humanity we find ways to not like and to conquer other people yeah. that's what all of us have in common I don't care what you say about you our natural like, thing is how do we find something different and become conquerors over people and so when we look at this, we've got to have something to say. We don't have to give, like, all of the answers. We don't have to know, well, how come Paul didn't just tell them, you know, if you're a believing owner of slaves, like, stop. Like, how come he didn't? I, I don't know why he didn't. You don't know why he didn't either. I mean, be careful listening to too many commentators who want to tell you that they know because the word doesn't tell us Why? right. And so I say all of that because, again, I think that these are the the, these are just things that can be difficult and uncomfortable, but I think can bring a depth and a cohesiveness to a family beyond just even racial injustice. But the experience of uh, experiences of others that go beyond even maybe my personal day to day experience, but can go back generations Okay, there's a depth. So I hope that as we enter into this, I'm not trying to fix all uh, you know everything, but I do think that to handle the work correctly, we have to have a level of understanding and sensitivity going into this uh, as we study this out okay because this is really difficult. If there was no if you could just take a history of America, And erase just any bad thing that happened, okay, and we were sitting here in like the the headwaters of like this perfect society, this would be really difficult still. This would be really tough. Let me go ahead and read this. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters, okay, hear, hear this one, worthy of full respect. us a little bit here, okay? I think we can all come together and um, agree, maybe not verbally, but I think probably in our actions, agree that <laughs> there are people who are in authority over us at work or at school, teachers, administrators, bosses, <clears throat> And we find it difficult in our incredible circumstances to find them worthy of full respect, okay? All right, can can we contrast? Are you you following me on that one? Like, when, when we are living in like an amazingly comfortable world that we live in, our bubble right here, wow, it's so easy for Christians to justify, like, uh, you're my boss, I'm not worthy of full respect. (laughs) Why? Because you're, man, I'm telling you, can you imagine? So, again, kind of let's go back to what the Ephesians, what, what Timothy would have heard, the original hearers, okay? Like, they're not talking about administrators, they're not talking about principals, they're not talking about teachers, they're not talking about law enforcement officers, they're not talking about any of those things. Man, they're saying, listen, All who are under the yoke of slavery says, Timothy, listen, this is what I want you to teach. Consider them to have a full level of respect for those over them, for their masters. All right? Can we agree that what Timothy is being told to teach here, the conversations he's going to have, that they're a little bit different than us having a conversation and going, you know what, man, stop talking bad about your boss. <laughs> can, can we agree that there's a that, that, that they're hearing something that would be so emotionally difficult to hear? Okay? And so I just say all that because hopefully it allows us to have a level of humility here as we read through this, because it's the idea of how do I get to that place? Man, I read something like this, and my assumption is that we have brothers and sisters that were under the yoke of slavery, and you want to know what? They lived this way. They heard this and lived this way. How how proud of you? How, how proud of us should we be of them? We'll, we'll meet them one day. How, how proud will you be to meet brothers and sisters? And they're going, man, we were in this horrible situation, and Timothy brought this, and we were like, Yes, Jesus is Lord. Man, can you, can you believe that it just will be amazing to me, right? But that's the question. Man, how did you get to a place where you felt that your master was deserving of (laughs) full respect? That they were worthy of it. You know, I could imagine the lesson that we would be taught just about Jesus. I could imagine this, okay? Is this idea of, uh, we can turn over there right now if you'd like to, is Matthew chapter 7. See, Jesus taught about these things. Jesus taught about these things. It's so good here, right? Because it's going to challenge our own heart. And uh, again, I think there's a, there's a, uh, (coughs) I think there's an honesty we have to have with the idea that we do live an abundant, comfortable life to be able to hear from. Our past to be able to hear these messages that would come from our brothers and sisters, telling, "Yeah, that is tough, man. This is hard." But you know, Jesus taught about this. Okay, Jesus, uh, Jesus spoke about this here in uh, Matthew chapter seven. Uh, he said, "Don't judge, or you too will be judged." All right, You're going, well, hey, man, that's easy in our everyday like, drama, gossipy world, okay? Oh, don't judge, okay? Now, sometimes this has even been pulled to the place where you may go, well, I don't want to. I don't want to judge Tyler, and then it's okay for me to live in sin. I don't want to be judged, like, okay? And no, no, it's not talking. He's, he's saying don't judge, you too will be judged in the same way that you judge In the same way. You'll be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you also. Okay? Now, can you imagine? I just want you to think how difficult this very passage is in light of what we just read. All right? Because anytime there's something that's not fair, or anytime there's something that's unjust, or something like that, there's this idea of going, man, it still is very hard to hear from Jesus because what I would love to hear from Jesus, I'm just putting myself in this place for whatever reason in the first century that I would have had a master over me, whether it was like I had to go in like as a as a debt collector or from prison or um, oftentimes just a prisoner of war, okay? That I would have been brought under a master and, and somebody were to read this to me, you know what, I would go... But Jesus, I just want you to hear, I just want you to know that, can you tell me that you know this is hard? (laughs) Okay? Can you just, like, this is so cold, can't you just tell me that you know I'm trying? Right? That's what we go to. (laughs) Instead of remembering that, okay, if we're following Jesus, there's a lot of implications to that. The Prince of Peace If we're following him, then we know where he's leading us to is life and life to the full. He's leading us to a place of a a light burden and an easy yoke. He's leading us to a place where we're going, "I, I trust where you're leading me. I trust that you know this is hard. He said in the same way you judge others. So again, how would that apply? Okay, And if we want to generically apply it to other authority figures, I think that's okay to do alright but how would we do that well okay if, if I justify me treating somebody poorly because they treat me poorly okay do, do you see what the next like let's follow that slippery slope the standard that I'm using ultimately gets to a place of where Tyler was teaching out of tonight is this idea of at what point could God go but, but hold on a minute man you hurt me. You killed my son. <coughs> well, but Jesus, you don't understand. I, I want grace, though. And I want mercy and all that kind of stuff. But hold on a minute. You didn't judge anyone else by that standard. Like, you didn't judge anyone else by that standard. Oftentimes our own hurt can justify things that God would never tell us to do. Okay? And so it's that idea of what standard am I? When I get upset with people, when I have, what is the standard I'm using, okay? We, we all, there will be judgment, but there will be a standard, and it's God's standard, okay? So we hold out like the word of truth and go, this is what my standard must be. And then we can help one another with that, okay? But again, there's this idea of how do we get to a place, what do you mean deserving of full respect? Worthy of full respect as we go back to 1 Timothy 6, okay? Um, Here's the interesting thing the history of humanity is about focusing on how we're different so we can go ahead and either justify bad behavior or mistreatment of one another as we focus on what's different, what I don't like, what I don't understand. And we can fall into this as well. Like, you know, I'm different than you, you're different than me. We can't, like, how can we trust one another, okay? That's the story of humanity. That's the story of civilization, is we're different, we can't, we can't ever trust one another or understand one another, so let's just kind of agree to disagree, or at the very least, you have, on a large scale, conquering going on, okay? But here's the interesting thing. If we go down to a base human level, all right. A base human level. There is so much more about us that's the same than is different. right. All right. Uh, again, Paul isn't telling Timothy, hey, give him and, and treat your master in a way that's worthy of hope because he's righteous. There's a base human experience of being simply born in the image of God. So let me give you an example when Jesus is dying on the cross, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. At the very base level of the idea of because you bear God's image, not because of righteousness, that there's a way that we are to come and find commonality. Of being able to look, even in the hardest of situations, as we read 1 Timothy 6, how do I get myself to that place, okay? Is this idea of going, here's the interesting thing. Even that human, whoever he is, or whoever she is, they're fighting the same battle I'm fighting. But we have to believe that's true. We have to believe that to be true. Like, I'm battling, like, I'm being called by Jesus to deny myself, but I'm battling temptation that's similar, right? 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that. Like, you haven't come upon anything that's not common to man. But a lot of times we go, oh, no, you don't understand. I did this. I had this experience and all these different things. If we're going to get to that place where we're honestly going to live that in our world today, Okay, which is that idea of if we want to pull a principle out of this, this principle of like even authority, and going, no, I'm behaving this way because this person deserves, is worthy of full respect. Why? Because at our base human level, all right, be- because that's where we start, they are worthy of that. That's a hard truth to swallow. Yeah. That's a hard, it's just hard. Like, there's no easy way around it. There's no, like, I'm not going to come up and try to, like, give you three ways to make this non-difficult or something like that. But this is why we have to keep entering into the world of the Bible and go, hold on a minute. Why is he putting this in here? What is this? This is so difficult at a heart level. And I hope we come to the conclusion of how could you live this way without the Holy Spirit? How could you do it? There's too much we do on a daily basis that doesn't require the Holy Spirit. Right, there's so many things, and if you want to just examine your own life, how much do you do in a day that actually requires you to like be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it? Or could you have done it without the Holy Spirit? If you weren't a Christian. Most of the things we do are that. Except that's not reality, okay? When we're talking about this, all who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect. Okay, It's this idea of going, I can't wrap my mind around this without the Holy Spirit. I can't live this without the Holy Spirit. Because everything inside of me, it, we're, we are geared just in authority, not even in justice, but just authority in general to be rebellious towards that. Okay, and so it's this idea of how do I get to that place? If you can get to that place without ample prayer and fasting, it it would blow my mind to know that would be the case. It would blow my mind. This isn't an act of the will here where you're just like, oh man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to behave differently here, okay? This is not, this is so immensely difficult right here, okay? Okay. I think one of the things we need to recognize as well is, is that um, I, I think it can be easy sometimes to just uh, a little bit kind of feel like um, Bible teaching. Yeah, I, I know I notice sometimes if we're going to do some Bible teaching, uh, oh man, I don't know, that's going to be kind of boring. Some people kind of find some other reasons to stay home and all those different things. Except you want to what? Uh, here's the interesting thing is if we can't handle these passages well and get some really significant Bible teaching and be learners of the Bible, uh, then this has implications beyond this passage in our life. There's just these implications all over the place as a community and everything, right? And so how do we get to that place? Um, I think really going back and understanding our commonality, okay, understanding that, uh, and again, it's the idea of, of being aware and mindful of how many times we look around and go, but you're different than me. You didn't experience what I experienced. I experienced something that you didn't, so we can't be like together and all these things. Understand that those are divisional things. Okay, I I can go through something that's amazingly traumatic, and you don't know it. Thank God, I'm in a family that doesn't require everybody to have gone through that to be with me, to walk with me, to 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 connect me into the love of God. I, I appreciate that so much. OK, but again, just being aware of that, you know, um, and so But he goes on here, OK, and he says this, uh, why do we do this? So that God's name and teaching may not be slandered. OK, see, that brings it up. Just even another nice. It's just so good here, OK, because he's going here. Here's what is the most important thing we can ever do in this whole wide world. All right. It's that God's name is glorified by everybody. It doesn't, man, if you don't believe God. If you have no interest in Christianity whatsoever, but you are around disciples of Jesus, and this happens, okay? You're around disciples of Jesus. The greatest thing that could happen if they're not going to turn to follow Jesus is to go, man, I don't have anything to do with that, but you wonder what? The way these people live, I can't say anything bad about what's going on, right? Daniel chapter 6, we see that. Remember, they tried to catch Daniel on all kinds of things, and he couldn't. He was unimpeachable in everything that he did, right? They couldn't find anything unless they are going to go after kind of his little religious side of things here. So it's this idea of just God's name. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, okay? Because here's the thing. If you want a marriage class or if you'd like a campus ministry class, a singles class, a young professionals class, I know we always want to have more and more of those. Here you go right here, this passage. All right? And you don't even have to pay a fee. Okay? This is it. I know. You're going, but Keith, no, a marriage weekend is just so much better for my marriage. No, obedience to the Bible is the best thing for our marriage. That's the best thing for our marriage. But Keith, how's a campus student supposed to be obedient to the Bible? It's that simple. We pay people to do things that we shouldn't be paying them to do. Okay? I'm telling you. It's like, come on. Here it is. 1 Corinthians 10, he's going through, and, and, and I'll just kind of cut to the chase right here, okay? Uh, verse 31 Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, okay? Whatever you do means there's nothing outside of that. Whatever you do, well, what does that leave out? Nothing. Okay? It doesn't say whatever you do is a canvas hit, so whatever you do, if you're going to follow Jesus, do it all for God's glory. What does that mean? That that God is given credit for greatness and God is given credit for holiness and God is given credit and he's praised. Not us being praised. But him. Why? In how we're living our lives and deciding to live our lives. Okay? And so it's that simple. Man, but Keith, let's have a dating class. Okay, here you go. Whatever you do, I don't know what else you want after that. You know, uh, I'm like, it's just that. So anyway, I mean, that's just this this simple side of things right here. Uh, This idea of discrediting any discredit to God's name is an abomination in our world. Anything that sets itself up against the greatness and the holiness of God, okay? And so this is how we disciple one another. This is how we live. Is the simple question is how we're living bringing glory to God? My relationships, you know, in the way I treat people, in the way I treat friends, in the way I treat enemies, in the way I treat my spouse, in the way, is it glorifying God in the way that I treat my, my uh, classmates and co workers? And bosses and teachers and administrators, you've heard my rant before, it's like, man, I, I always cringe whenever I hear people go, yeah, I have this teacher and they're stupid. Hmm. Because here's the interesting thing is, is all you're telling me is about you. Right. That's all that you're telling me. Okay? And then we can go into these whole things of why, you know, this teacher's so dumb because they do all of these things. Particularly, it tends to be work college age, high school, middle school. Let's say sixth grade up is really when we kind of get into the swing of that thing, (laughs) okay? And they're just dumb. And go, listen, I don't have to argue if your teacher's good or bad, but if you want to follow Jesus, you have to repent of that kind of talking. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to repent of that kind of thinking, okay? (laughs) See, what's different is the student that says, listen, whether I agree or disagree with my professor or boss or anything, Listen, you are worthy of full respect. You're not buying that too much.
1: You're not buying it. You're not
0: sure, okay? You're just, I don't know about that. Then all I'm going to ask you to do is just keep entering in, okay? Just keep going in here, right? Titus 2, verse uh, over here, just to the right of 2 Timothy, Titus chapter 2. And right here in verse five. um, uh Now verse eight is going to start. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what's good, and your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech. So that you can't be condemned. So that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about this. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God and our Savior attractive. Man, listen, it is no easy task to... Come in under the lordship of Jesus and live this thing out on this planet. It is no easy task, man. I mean, this is tough. These are tough things. He said, hey, man, not talking back, integrity of speech, soundness of speech. So no one in there, in honesty. Now, certainly you're always going to have people that are going to make things up and they're going to say things and all that kind of stuff. But in all honesty, they're not able to do it. Why? Because our allegiance is to God. We've got the holiness of God. The perfection of God, the power of God, that's where our allegiance is. And I don't want anybody ever saying bad things, doing bad things, representing him in a way that isn't righteous. I don't want any of that, and we shouldn't either. Okay? is this idea of his name, right? If you read Ezekiel, you see over and over and over again, God is saying, listen, I'm doing things so my name won't be profaned in the world. Right? That, that's a tough message to narcissists like us. <laughs> just go, wait, you mean that. You go, know, well, narcissism is too harsh. Okay, just selfishness. It's <laughs> a tough message. you go, oh, you mean God isn't doing stuff? You <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. God's name being glorified. It, it, this isn't an individual sport. Right. Okay, and God is saying, "He'll work for his name's sake, and he'll grant us grace for his name's sake." Okay? This is hey, if you want some theology, this is it right here, okay? Is this idea Philippians 1:27, "Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel." Right? Whatever happens. Well, man, can you think of you know, well, whatever happens tomorrow, work? yeah? Give me whatever happens Next year in our country, yeah. But what happens if our country gets attacked? What happens if there's a civil war? What happens if there's, I mean, we live in a world where, I mean, the Christians are arming themselves. Hold on a minute. Whatever happens, whatever happens, okay? We can't just go and go, but he told them to take a sword, okay? But he he told them to do that. That's like the only thing we can grasp onto. We forget that we follow a king who taught an awful lot about non-retaliation. Yes. (laughs) Probably more than we're comfortable with. Right. Okay. And so, again, this idea of discrediting God's name, and he's saying, so here's the thing, and there's this specific group in the Ephesian church that's hearing this, and this, this specific group is, there. can you imagine they're hearing this, and Timothy goes, hey, Paul sent this down to me, and I'm gonna pass it on to you guys. If you're under the yoke of slavery, consider your masters worthy of full respect, okay? And here's the reason why, because we don't want God's name to be slandered. Okay, the Ephesian church is like rallying around this, okay? Okay? All right. Can, can you imagine how everyone else in the church, the requirement of going, hey, listen, this is tough. We got to Let's get around. Let's get our arms wrapped around this. OK. But then he says this. He said, here's the thing. Those who have believing masters are not to show less respect because they're brothers. He said, "Instead, serve me better because those who benefit from their service are believers and dear to them. <laughs> These are the things you are to teach and to urge. OK. And so again, another topic. You're like, but my master is a believer. This is great. So I'm just—he said, like, no, 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 you don't understand. He's going to tell you to do things, and you do them, but you do them in a way that is bringing honor to God's name. Okay. First Peter chapter two. Let's let's go over there. Okay, because I think this is the home run one for me right here. right, because this is all this up until this point, all of this stuff is just like, oh, it's tough. I don't know, Keith, you're not convincing me of this, I don't think. Um, This is really, really tough. Um, You know, I do think as we disciple one another, I think far too many times we, we, we don't disciple hearts that when it becomes emotional and difficult to disciple the heart. Right? Is it go? No. I know this is hard, but God's word is teaching something here. All right. First Peter chapter two. Again, he goes into this verse thirteen. Submit yourself, for the Lord's sake, to every authority instituted among men. Okay. So, hey, let's just bring this around. All of us submit to every authority. Okay. Uh, Whether the king as a supreme authority or governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to command. For it's God's will. But by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk. foolish men, okay? See, we don't enter into the ignorant talk of foolish men. We silence it. Mm. That's what we're meant to do, right? We're meant to enter into this and go, oh man, why is that? Is it because Peter thinks every authority is righteous and perfect and all of these things? No, not at all. But he's saying, man, there's something different in the world about the person that because of Jesus is able to live this life, and their only reason for doing it is because of Jesus. That's it. They have no other reason in the world. None. None at all. Somebody goes, man, why are you, hey, man, why would you submit to that authority? Why would you do that? Why would you, hey, hey, you want to know what? If you leave me to myself, I'm not. But my king tells me differently. See, those are things for us to wrap our heart heart harder. Because my king tells me differently. Because the ultimate authority of all teaches me different. And I love him. And I want to please him. And I want to be in a community of those who please him, okay? And so it goes on. And he says again in verse 18, Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with respect. And on and on and on. And then in verse 21, he says, To this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his footsteps. All right, this is why I say this is a home run. Okay, this this right here teaches us. When they hurled, or he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. All he did was entrust himself to him who judges justly. He bore our sins in his body on the tree so we might die to sin, and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. That's our king. That's our king right there. That's what he did. In the face of injustice, in the face of hurt, in the face of pain, in the face of all of these things. This is what he did. And he actually says, the reason why I'm asking you to do it, because it's not that God doesn't understand me. He's saying, no, I showed you, my son, my very son is calling us to this calling us to this very thing. And if you thought to yourself that this is Paul teaching and this is Peter teaching, let's finish up here in Matthew chapter 5, okay? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 5 and just kind of get an idea here of Jesus himself teaching about this. And, And again, just reading this, studying this, talking about this, boy, I'll tell you what, I don't know if there's any one of us, man, this is really like a calling to deep heart-level repentance right here, man. Because he says this, this is the Jesus, okay? So we read Paul we read Peter, but this is Jesus right here. You heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say don't resist an evil person. Our argument is, and what it is, I said it, I made it myself. So, Keith, you're telling me if someone is coming in my home, okay, all I'm going to ask you to do is to set that aside for a second and listen to the words of Jesus. Don't resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. See, I've heard all kinds of, like, commentary on that, about what that really means in order for it not to be offensive. No, it's it's offensive. (laughs) Okay? It just is. If someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let them have your cloak. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks. Don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you can be sons of your Father in heaven. Right, You start to notice the pattern of the expectation Jesus is calling all of us to. See, when Paul told Timothy to teach this in Ephesus, this wasn't a new teaching. This was just discipleship. He was speaking to a very specific group about a very specific circumstance, but he wasn't teaching any principle that wasn't just plain old discipleship. Just plain and simple. And so here's where we land today. All right. Where we land today, I hope me and you are praying that we are not fooled by the comfort we live in. And maybe our prayer should be that we're taken away from that. Because that's one of my greatest fears is that we live in such a comfortable place and it's so easy that we judge everyone based on us. And where we live. Okay? But here's really what it comes down to. Just the very words of Jesus. He says, don't do this. Don't retaliate. He says, love my enemy. He says, man, even if an evil person comes and wants me to walk in my hey, bud, let's go too. Am I supposed to go too like pouting and angry and letting him know that I don't like him and he's evil and I hate him and all these things? Like, no, man, let's go. Why? You don't know me. Jesus is like, hey, Like, you just asked the, the wrong dude to do this with you. Okay? (laughs) Like, there's not going to be a conflict here. And so here's the question me and you have to answer every single day. And I think the contrast for us is we have a hard time with really petty things Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. Yeah, Me and you. We have a hard time with really petty things. We're not dealing with the guy coming into our home. We're not dealing with the... Any of these, we're, we're we have tough, tough, tough thing just brother to brother and sister to sister, yeah. All right, with nothing and being able to go, man, I'm not even treating them with worthy of full respect. All right, I'm not even, well, we're not even to that level, right? So, like, acknowledging that here's what it comes down to what does repentance look like? Because we are being called to that. It's simply this, Matthew 16, Jesus made it very simple. If you want to come and follow me, it's very simple, then deny yourself, okay? What does that mean? If you, you can choose to save your life, and you'll lose it, okay? You, you, we can do that. We can choose, like, I'm going to be comfortable and safe, and I'm going to protect myself, and I'm going to live my own way, and I'm going to be my own king. See, we can do that, but you will die or you, see, you could lose your life. You could, you could say, Man, okay, Keith, no more. King Jesus is going to lead the way. I believe him. I trust him. What he tells me, even if it's crazy, I believe it. I act on it. I will do that. Okay? Is, that's simply deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Okay? It really is that simple. Follow him, learn from him, be his apprentice. Like, hopefully what we read today leads us not into just finding out better answers, but makes us more curious as to, man, what does this look like in our life today? Man, where am I falling short in these areas? Where are the principles, right, of coming onto this? You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating because I think so often we can be battling things that we have no control over rather than just living where we are now especially when it comes to injustice or bad bad things happening to us right Ob- circumstances don't go our way instead of going okay I can't control that that's essentially what you're saying I can't control a so therefore here's where I am Jesus what would you have me do? I can't control that okay And so, again, I hope as we go back and study this, we do. We become more and more and more curious about, man, this seems hard. What are you calling us to? What do we and you need to repent of? Who are the conversations I have to have? Like, what needs to change? All right? Because this definitely is, these two verses right here, is a call to repentance for us. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to nine four zero 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 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.